Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live. We got a live group right here. What's up? How y'all doing? I am Michael Bumpus. Paul Moyer is not here, but he's thinking about us. He just had his second or third grandchild. He's down in Texas doing what he has to do. Instead, I got my guy, Ray Roberts. Give it up one time for Ray Roberts. What up, what up, what up? I'm better looking than Paul anyway. Are you? Yeah, of course. I believe you. Yeah. I I believe you. I'll I'll, I'll let the the people who make that judgment make that judgment, but I'm going to ride with you real quick. Ride with me, dog. All right. Hey, so last week, it's been a while since we we got down, right? So... The last time we saw the Seahawks, they were playing against the New York Giants. And we saw a great performance, Big Ray. We saw that defense get after Daniel Jones in the rest of the game. And the critique is going to be like, look, these guys weren't playing against anybody. Who are the New York football Giants? They are a football team in the NFL. So, yes, you take it with a grain of salt, but you also got to be like, look, you did something that only a couple teams have done since 1980-something. Yeah, I, I think the thing that the Seahawks need to take away from it, especially the young guys on defense, is like you hear all the messaging that Pete gives in the locker room. Always compete, earn everything, win it in the fourth quarter, all that kind of stuff. And they got to experience some of that in this game. They also got to experience what it looks like when this defense is working the way they designed it to work. That is valuable. It doesn't matter if you're playing against you know, the, the New York Giants or the kitchen sink. Like you get, to, you, get to, you get to see what it looks like when it works. And so that gives you a little bit more confidence going into the next game. Yeah, um, 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 the question coming into the offense, or excuse me, the, the season was, how good is this defense going to be? I think you have Geno, you got Ken Walker, you got DK, you got Lockett, and they were able to keep the party going as far as winning games and, and getting these clutch situations. The question was the defense. I look at this defense right now, and we haven't seen them like, at full force for a while. We saw Jamal Adams for nine plays. I love the nine plays. If you don't like Jamal Adams for nine plays, you don't like what he does, then we, we'll have a conversation afterwards. Just <laughs> holler at me, and, and we'll make this thing right, okay? But for nine plays, Jamal Adams looked like the guy that we paid for a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, he brings such a different dynamic to the team, and he brings a different... Um, energy to the team like even like Quandre Diggs just his excitement of having him having this guy back on the field and you saw like early in the game they sent him after the quarterback you know he he missed the sack so that could have been 12 sacks uh but and then he had a big hit uh out in the flat unfortunately the next time you know he got the concussion and things but he brings a different dynamic a different playmaking dynamic to the defense that they they have some other players they can put in there and can make plays but uh his plays are so impactful so it'll be, it, it's good to see him back on the field. The concussion thing was okay. He did get suspended for having some words with the, with the, uh, with the official there on the sideline. And so we'll expect to see him on Sunday. That's what kind of bothered me a little bit about the concussion thing because <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever had a concussion. I've had a few myself diagnosed, probably some that weren't diagnosed. Right. I think you've had some as well. A few. When you have a concussion, you're not there. Right. You're so not I, there. I, it would have been so unfair to punish this dude for, <laughs> you have a concussion, so that means that you're not thinking straight. You're probably not, you know, in, you know uh, internalizing things and, and, uh, and processing things the right way. So I like that he was like, I mean, maybe he really did want to go back in the game. Maybe he felt like he was fine right there. But, right. you know, with the protocol, you can't, can't go back in the game. All right, so 
There's a young man who had himself a day against the New York football giants. We're going to say his last name on the count of three. Let's make sure we're on the same page. Last name. One, two, three. Weatherspoon. Man, you look at this, this young man, what, four games into the league, you see the progression that he's working with, right? The first time we saw him, he had two passes defended on fourth down. Boom, he's good to go. The very first series we saw him against the New York football giants, he sets the edge right shoulder. My guy, he's probably smaller than me. My guy <laughs> yeah. sets the edge. He's making plays. 97-yard touchdown, one yard away from the uh, the franchise record, which was set by Bobby Wagner, which just baffled me. I, I go, remember that How game. the heck does no one yeah. tackle about Bobby for 98 yards? I mean, Bobby was rolling out, but it seemed like it took him a long time to get there. He must have been like 24, 25 years old when he went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, no disrespect to Bobby, one of the greatest uh, Seahawks of all time, but what have you seen out of this, out of this young man, Devin Witherspoon? Well, it's the thing is that you can't teach right like uh there's one thing there's there's guys that in the league uh they want to make sure that on monday morning they get a plus or a yes beside right. their assignment i was right. in the right place i was in the right depth i was looking at the right thing i was reading all that stuff great that's good but he has this element that you can't teach of instincts where he can kind of he understands what the defense is trying to do uh how they're trying to attack him and then how he can interrupt what right. they're trying to get trying to get done you can't some of that stuff you can't coach you just try to keep informing it and so he's with a great coach with, you know, Pete Carroll is, you know, we've had great defensive backs there. You have Richard Sherman around all the time, all those guys around. So if he can absorb all of that knowledge and ma keep matching it with his instinct, uh, he's going to, I mean, he's already, the, his coming out party was spectacular. Right. You know, to have such a big night uh, on the biggest stage in the biggest city, uh, you can't, you can't beat that. So the way you describe Devin Witherspoon, I feel like me at Disneyland with my family. It's all instincts. I'm looking around, seeing who's doing what. Where's my kid, right? It's all instincts. And you can feel when something ain't right. Right? You exactly. know, you, you, yeah. your senses tick up, and I'm like, look, something's going on over there. Let's go this way. Now, uh, Devin Witherspoon has been probably the highlight of the secondary. We talked about Jamal Adams, mm -hmm. and we haven't seen the, the full Reek Woolen that we're used to seeing right. either. I can't wait to see what he does this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hate comparing the uh, – this group to like the Legion of Boom because each group has their own right. dynamic and their yeah. own skill set and all that kind of stuff. But they are shaping up a secondary that has the potential to have impact like that. You know, maybe not one of the greatest and you know ever because that's just kind of hard to say. Like like the, the, you still got to go out there and do it. But they have all the talent. Right. Like even Reek Woolen, uh, who I think he had only played. He was a receiver in college played his last year at defensive back 14 games before 14 he games got into of defensive the league. back came yeah. you know came here and right away I remember Pete Carroll talking about him in one of our production meetings and he got up and showed like how cool he was getting into his stance and how calm he was and all that kind of stuff so there's things that his speed you cannot teach <laughs> you know like the, the one play last year where he was um, he was beaten over the top he was running behind the, the receiver, pointing to the safety to, to get over, <laughs> and then that. just decided to just turn it on. Against the lines, up speed. I think. Yeah, picked yeah. up speed and then broke up the pass. You cannot teach that. So you have two very unique uh, corners, and then Witherspoon plays inside and outside. So you have these two really unique corners with different types of skill sets, different things that they bring to the team, uh, but impactful in the same way. So let's look forward to the Cincinnati Bengals. You guys, if you look at this team on paper – you're saying, look, the 31st offense in the league, 
the 30-something run game in the league. We all know who's over there. You got Joe Burrow. You got Jamar Chase. You got Mixon. I don't know if Higgins is going to play or not. Right. But there's enough over there Tyler for Boyd. you to respect. Tyler Boyd. Yeah. To, um, to respect what's going on. When you look at this matchup, what do you see? What should we expect? Well, the thing, you know, the pass rush last week was obviously awesome. You know, even the guys that didn't get sacks, but the pressure rate was like very, very high. Uh, they have to keep doing that. But the difference is that Joe Burrow isn't a, as big a threat to take off and run the way uh, Brown is, but he's very crafty in the right. pocket. Right. And so if you, if you like, if you're not sure, if you're not in your right lanes, he can find the lane and then all of a sudden he's scrambling and hit somebody for a big play. So it's going to be important for them to keep the pressure on them. The offensive line there is kind of up and down. Some, some weeks they play well, other, police, other weeks they don't play so well. To me, that's probably the weakest part of the team. So it's going to be important for our front seven to really get after them. Uh, have them playing from behind, behind the chains, behind on the scoreboard, that kind of thing, getting pressing a little bit. So uh, I think, you know, because that offense can be explosive. Mixon is like the third leading receiver on the team, and he's the leading rusher. Yeah. So you have to deal with that. And then, like you said, Jamar Chase, and if, if T. Higgins is playing, T. Higgins, some people think, is a number one receiver on other teams. Yeah. So it's going uh, to be important to really have those corners and the secondary match with the pass rush to put, to put some breaks on this offense. A guy for the Bengals who probably doesn't get enough love with the public, but within his peers he does, is uh, Trey Hendrickson, man. This guy can play. He made the Pro Bowl and only had six sacks. Yeah. So that lets you know, like, how people think of this guy. And when you have an offensive line that's trying to figure out who's going to be available, who's not going to be available, um, I've been impressed with how they've been able to get five guys together and just take care of Geno. What do you expect when you look at that matchup with D-line and offensive line? Well, I think, you know, with, with Charles Cross coming back, uh, I think you're probably going to still maybe at first give him a little help, just kind of see how it's going. But help I don't, means what? Tight end on the side? Tight end on the side or put a running back over there to chip on the, on the way out. Right. Uh, but I do think that in his best health self, I think Charles, Charles Cross can handle him by himself. The, the thing that Hendrickson gets you with is his hustle. He just doesn't stop, and so that's how he gets. That's how he gets a lot of sacks. But they also have um, uh, Sam Hubbard. He has a couple sacks, and then they have another defensive tackle, uh, B.J. Hill or Hall, I think it is. He has two and a half sacks. So it's going to be work for the whole offensive line. But they've done. Uh, Andy Dickerson has done a great job uh, coaching these dudes up, and these dudes have done a great job taking what they've learned in practice to the game field. Hey, I'm happy to be back. I took a week off. We got a great crowd in front hey. of us. How y'all doing? We got Big Ray and you know filling it. in for Paul Boyer. Coming up next, we'll dive into the Seahawks Week 6 opponent with the Cincinnati Bengals with Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hot Slide, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. We got a live show. We out here, baby. 7 o'clock every Thursday right here. I'm I Michael Bumpus. I'm with Big Ray Robinson. Right now, we're joined by Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com. Is it Bengals or Bengals? How do you guys say it? It's almost like when I went to Idaho, I said Boise, and someone said, no, it's Boise. What is it? What is it, Jeff? Ray Roberts is there. That's news. Hey, what's up, big dog? <laughs> How you doing? I'm all right. Hey, that's how famous my man is. He said, <laughs> forget your question. I'm going straight to Ray Roberts, man. Hey, Jeff, man. 
How are you guys doing? What are your thoughts on uh, this offense, man? Because you look at this team on paper, and I try to tell people, I go, look, this is not who they are. All right, it's been rough with um, with Burrow having his calf injury. Um, what are your thoughts on this offense, and what should we expect as Seahawks fans? Uh, well, I mean, you know, you hit it right on the head. I mean, it's uh, everything's connected to the calf. And if he can move, and he's clearly going to have to move Sunday or he's got a lot of problems, um, if he can move, they're an offense. And if he's struggling, they're going to struggle. So, uh, you know, it looks like it's on the upside. Uh he had a good league. He had a good. He had a good enough week last week that he told the guys leading up to the Arizona game, "I think I'm going to be able to buy time. I think I'm going to be able to get out of the pocket." And he, and he was able to. Sounds like he's saying the same stuff, you know, now. But you know, hey, it's a it's a soft tissue injury. Who knows? But uh, it's only getting better in the last three weeks, and uh, that's uh, you know, you got to keep your fingers crossed, and we'll see the same guy out there. Uh, that we saw Sunday in Arizona, but completely different defense they're playing. I mean, I'm had I was hard pressed, uh, you know, to name a to name a guy in the Arizona defense, but uh, that's that's not the way with Seattle coming in. Yeah, speaking of Seattle's defense, uh, last week they produced uh, 11, 11 sacks, uh, no, numerous hurries, a uh, pick six. Uh, how I know in the past the offensive line for Cincinnati has struggled at times to protect. Joe Burrow, how has they how have they played this year? And then, you know, what do you think their matchup is with our defensive our defensive front? You know, I think I think they're better than they've been perceived. I think people look at them and they still think they're the same guys that blocked two years ago in the Super Bowl. You know, or they think they're the same guys that blocked in the championship game in Kansas City. But no, that's that's the the, the completely different line. That line in Kansas City last year was missing three stars. So, um, you know, you could trace a lot of his pressure early in the season was to the fact that he couldn't really move. I think, honestly, I think the line has done, has done pretty well. I mean, I, I, I think uh, given it the fact that the quarterback's been, you know, was immobile, immobile for much of the season, they gave up some sacks, they gave up some pressures. That was the game plan early on was uh, they'd play man, they would press, and they would just come at Burrow, and he, all he could do was get rid of it, or he, or he get sacked. So, um, you know, I think I just think the Bengals' offensive line, you know, up until the Arizona game, you know, mixing them and getting four and a half yards of carry. So I just think um, they're probably not where they want to be uh, after really, uh, you know, spending all that money the last two off seasons. But they're pretty good, I think. I think they're better than people think. Jeff, I know you, uh, you've done your research, you've watched the film, and uh, Jamar Chase let everybody know that he's always freaking open, apparently. Yep. And I believe him. He's one of the best receivers in the league. He has 15 catches last week, uh, franchise record for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, is there something that's missing within this offense, or was it just Joe Burrow not being healthy that uh, didn't allow Jamar Chase to be the guy that we're used to seeing until last week? Yeah, it's a good question. I think Arizona kind of played him soft. They played zone. You know, they let him get him into the spaces, you know. Um, I think that uh, they've been moving him around a lot, and I think he's a lot more comfortable now getting moved around than he might have been three weeks ago. Uh, Burrow obviously has a lot to do with it, his health, um, you know. And But I do think a lot of it's probably been, the, the, you know, the defenses uh, they've played, you know. Um, and uh, I think... 
there's, I think there's a timing issue, too. I think people forget that, you know, I mean, I, I know Burrow and Chase, it seems like they've been playing since, you know, Pop Warner. Uh, but he, Burrow didn't practice for 34 days. He basically, I mean, he missed all the training camp and didn't start practicing until 10 days until the opener. So, you know, that's a lot of back shoulders. That's a lot of, uh, you know, that's a lot of high points. Um, so I just think, I just think everything's starting to come together now a little bit. Well, on that defensive side of the ball, um, you guys have gotten some, some good production uh, in the pass rush with Hendrickson and Hubbard and even uh, one of the defensive tackles at Hill or Hall. I can't BJ, BJ Hill, I think it is. Yeah, Hill, um, BJ, right, right, that's right. But yep. What makes Hendrickson so different? Uh, I mean, he has six sacks already in the season. He's not the, the biggest dude or the fastest dude, but, uh, but he's made Pro Bowls uh, with less than 10, 10 sacks and things like that. What, what makes him special and, and uh, good for this defense? Never, never stops. He's got a motor, uh, you know, he's got one of those motors, and uh, you, you can't, uh, I mean, the guy's relentless. And uh, he's got, uh, you know, I mean, his first, I mean, his get-off, People talk about his get-off all the time, and it's, uh, you know, the guy's, uh, the guy's almost invisible. Boom, he's gone. You know, that first, that first step, you know. And, uh, you know, the other thing is, he's, uh, you know, if you talk to the guy, he's, just, he's a very, very focused guy, um, and uh, it is, uh, you know, it's get to the quarterback or, 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 or it's a bad snap. And, um, you know, but it's that, it's that first, I mean, it's that first step. I mean, he is, uh, he's a... Uh, really a handful out there and the other guy on the other side uh, of him Sam Hubbard uh, you know he's I guess he's the I guess he's probably the stereotypical you know left end uh, I, I um, going into this year he had the most tackles uh, you know of any um, uh, any edge player since 2018 in the league so but he, he, he can do more than play the run too and that he kind of uh, and, and they got a pretty good rotation going with Osai you know, coming off the bench, Cam Sample's a solid guy. So they're pretty deep there. He doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to play every third down or every passing down. Jeff, how quickly things change with an organization. When I was coming up, we looked at the Cincinnati Bengals and thought, okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but now there are expectations over there. And uh, so far this year, you haven't met them, but I feel like the, uh, the fan base is educated enough to know that, okay, good times are coming. What's the vibe like over there with the fan base when it comes to the Bengals? Well, that's a pretty good call right there, and I didn't mean to be dismissive of your question. We do call it Bengals, although uh, several people do. Uh, even people around here call it Bengals, but it is, it is Bengals. And uh, I think the, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty, it's, it, when it comes to football, uh, you, don't get, you, know, you don't get more knowledgeable than Ohio. You know, the, the folks uh, live and breathe football. The Friday nights around here are, uh, are unbelievable. You know, it's, it's like college games and not high school games. And, uh, you know, they get it. There's also a sense of uh, in borough we trust, you know, and uh, they've seen a lot of magical things these last couple of years. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, they're, they're two and three. It's a tough division. So I would say it's a uh, folks are, uh, you know, they're worried about this one. They know what Sir Peter has, you know. To me, uh, to me, Pete Carroll, he's the uh, he's one of the best. He, he and they and, and and to me, he's the it's the Baltimore, you know, uh, the, uh, the Seattle's the NFC version of uh, of Baltimore. 
You know, they're going to come in. They're going to control the clock. They're going to be physical. They're going to they're going to beat you up. They're going to play great defense. Um, the special teams, you know, that's a nice little matchup this 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 trip here that people don't talk about. But you know, uh, Darren Simmons, the longest tenured special teams coach in the league, going against a very good uh, Larry Uzo uh, group there. That uh, um, that you know, Pete always makes sure he's got great special teams. So we've seen this act before with Baltimore, and uh, and uh, they didn't they didn't beat Baltimore this trip, and so it's. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a hopeful, optimistic uh, fan base. But like any fan base, it's uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a little bit. Every fan base is always nervous, right? Yeah, stay nervous. Unless you are just a dominant franchise like the Patriots for twenty years, you better be nervous. But you know what, Jeff? They're nervous too, man. Hey, we appreciate your time. Thanks for staying up and hollering at us, man. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, Jeff. All right, that is Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win gift cards from the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Hapanessa and the Central Bar and Restaurant. When we return, we'll talk to Tackle Jay Curhan. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. You are listening to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday, we are right here. I'm Michael Bumbus with my guy, what Ray Roberts. And right now, we got Jake Curran on the line. What's up, Jake? Nothing much, man. Just in- enjoying my Thursday night. Enjoy the Thursday, right? It, it's the little things in life that, <laughs> that makes it special, man, especially when you're living life in the trenches, man. Now, now, when I was in high school, I asked my coach to let me play guard for one play, and um, I was folded like a piece of paper, Jake, just straight <laughs> up. I'm, I'm 5'11", a buck 85, so I found a new respect for the offensive line, man. When did you know yeah, I mean, that you, you got to be – you got to be the first high schooler to uh, ask, ask to play the offensive <laughs> I line. I know it, right? <laughs> hey, I wanted, I wanted it all. I played quarterback, running back, receiver. I go, what am I missing? Offensive line. So I had to, <laughs> had to go do it, and I'll never do it again, Jake. I'll never do it again. Um, man, w- when did you know you're going to be an old lineman? Because I hear a lot of old linemen tell me there were tight ends at the time, there were DNs. When did you know that this was your path? Well, I didn't actually start playing football until I got into high school. Um, and at that point I was probably six, four already and, you know, 200, I don't know, 30, 40 pounds. And they, they didn't give me too much of an option there. <laughs> uh, so it was, you know, stick me on the line and, and figure it out. Hey, big Jake, uh, you guys have had to shuffle a bunch of guys in and out with the, with the injuries and things and have done a tremendous job. What? Is it about uh, Andy Dickerson's style and approach to coaching that gets gets you all you guys ready to come in and perform this way? Yeah, um, you know, I think in practice we switch it around a lot. You know, unless you're one of the guys who who you know has has a starting position locked down going into the season, you kind of got to be able to play in a couple of different places. So, uh, yeah, you know, whether that's switching around between tackle and guard or swinging at one of those positions or playing all interior three, I think, you know, everybody we have has the ability to flex the multiple different positions. And then with that, you know, we play next to a lot of different guys. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we've, we've got a lot of chemistry built between us um, and between a lot of different combinations. And then um, in terms of Andy, I think, you know, we just do a good job uh, in the meetings and the walkthroughs, going over all the assignments and making sure everything's clear and, and really understanding how to take those mental reps to make sure you're prepared. Jake, no matter what defense you're facing, whether it be a, a 42 box or, or 32, 34 front, you face consistently one of the most athletic positions on the field when it comes to getting after the quarterback, man. Does that stress you out? Like, take me into what it's like being an offensive <laughs> tackle. I'm sitting next to one right now, a top 10 pick. What's it like for you? Man, I, no, not really. I, you know, I always played uh, tackle all the way through high school and, and through college. So that's, you know, where I'm comfortable. I, I get more stressed out when I have to slide inside because that's newer <laughs> for me. I didn't start doing that until two years ago when I, when I had to uh, come into the league. But no, you know, it's, you know, a lot of it's about just angles and understanding what you're good at and, and making sure that you're in the right spot. So you're only giving them one direction to beat you. And it's a whole lot harder for those guys to do that. Um, if you're only giving them one choice. So, uh, yeah, I mean, no, it, it, it probably did when I was a freshman or sophomore in college, but at this point I've gotten a whole lot of reps out there. So that's, that's where I'm comfortable. Hey, uh, Jake, for the last month or so, you guys have had uh, Jason Peters uh, in the room. Uh, it's a pretty young room uh, without him in there. But what have you guys, uh, what has he brought to the room? What have you guys learned uh, from him, uh, been in the room? Uh, have you had a chance to kind of pick his brain about uh, some things at, at the tackle spot? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, that was huge getting him in here. Um, obviously, Hall of Fame level player has been around the league for you know, I, I was probably not even, I, I definitely wasn't even 10 years old yet when, when he started <laughs> out playing. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been great having JP around. Um, I've definitely picked his brain a little bit and I know like, uh, myself stone and, and some of the newer, younger tackles we have have been working with him a lot after practice and just asking questions like, you know, here's what we got this week. How do you deal with this type of rusher or this this type of on, on whatever play? And he's a guy that's seen everything. So um, that's been huge. And the other part that's been huge about it is uh, he got in here right before we were going to play the Lions. And, uh, you know, I feel like he kind of reminded me to just play my game rather than like, you know, over or, or take coaching too far, like try to – you know, do too much or, or not do what I'm good at. Instead, focus on like the things that have, have gotten me to be successful at, you know, college and at this level. And, and that's been really helpful. Jake, your, uh, your leader out there is Geno Smith. And uh, Ray and I do the pre halftime and post game show for you guys. So we get an opportunity to hear Geno Smith um, speak after the game. But during the game, I look at Gino, I'd be like, man, he's fiery, man. He, he, he gets hot out there. Um, what's it like in a huddle with him in a tense moment, man? Those are one of the things that I miss when it comes to playing football is being in the huddle and having those conversations. What's it like when it's, with the game's on the line and, uh, and you guys need to make a play with Gino? Yeah, I mean, Gino's a competitor, man. And I know you uh... – there's been the well, there's a clip from the Lions game where the ref picked him up, and then the, there was some some times that we got a little bit dicey against the Giants uh, two weeks ago. 
I'm sure that's what, what you're kind of referring to. But, yeah, no, he's a competitor. And uh, if, if something doesn't go his way or something doesn't doesn't seem uh, like they necessarily did the right thing there, he'll, he'll get fired up. And he's, you know, I, I think I speak for most of the guys when you kind of love seeing a quarterback go get after yeah. some other guys. He's not afraid. He's not going to back down. So we love that. But when, it, when, it's, uh, when it's time to go and it's a tense moment and, and we need to get something done, he, he reels it back in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you love seeing that kind of fire out of a guy that, you know, plays a position that isn't necessarily as physical uh, as, as the 10 other positions on offense. So, yeah, that's fun to see, and I think it fires all the guys up. Hey, Jake, uh, you guys have two really good running backs in Kenneth Walker and in uh, Charbonnet. Two totally different type, two different styles, though. And I get asked this all the time, Ben. Offensive lineman, do you block differently, or does it matter who's back there? Uh, how do you, how have you guys, as an offensive line, approached the two different styles? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I don't even know if I notice sometimes when they switch them in and out uh, until they get past me. So uh, no, we're, we're it's the same plays, all that. Um, you know, they might have different personnel packages for different plays. That's you know supposed to be for Zach or Ken or you know DJ with some of the wildcat stuff too so I'm sure they have their their own runs but I'm not I'm not worried about you know who's back there necessarily obviously they're, they're different style players you know Zach's one cut and then gonna go run over a couple of people and Ken you know seems I, I would hate if I had to try to tackle Ken just because he makes everybody miss and fall over but uh, no, they're they're both really good players, and they're they're both fun to block for. But we're we're just running our stuff, and then you know if, if Zach's in there, he's gonna he's gonna make one cut and then run a few guys over. And if Ken's in there, he might run completely the opposite way and then take it for a touchdown because he's just you know that, that good at uh, making people miss. So uh, same same stuff for us though. Jake, man, we appreciate your time. We call you Mr. Stay Ready over here, man, because wherever they need you, <laughs> you are ready to go, man. You oh, enjoy your Thursday. I don't know if you play video games, you're chilling with your girl. I don't know what you're doing, but in, enjoy your Thursday, and we appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Peace. All right, that is Jake Curhan, man, one of the most versatile linemen. Big Ray's been talking about Jake Curhan for a long time when it comes to this offensive line. When we return, we'll go around the NFL, man. We're going to talk about the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Jets, the Bills, whatever feels right. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. What's up? This is Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bombas with Ray Roberts. We got a great crowd in front of us. I know what y'all waiting for. That DB that's going to be here pretty soon, Debra Witherspoon. But uh, every Thursday right here, right 7 here. o'clock, Baby Square Center Court. We will be here. I'm Michael Bumas with Ray Rovers, like I mentioned, man. And it's time to go around the NFL. If you're looking at the Thursday night game, 16-0, to zero, the Chiefs lead the Broncos. I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? No, I'm not. You know, the, the, the Broncos are a train wreck right now. And, you know, I can't even say that, you know, I kind of feel sorry for Russell because he, he has played some okay football, but the, that whole franchise is just kind of like a dumpster fire right now. And so uh, I don't know if it's going to get any better as the season goes on, but the, the Chiefs seem like they started out a little bit slow this year, but they're starting to find the rhythm. So we'll see how they finish. You guys ready for some reality? I'm talking to the, the live crowd here. The 49ers are good, guys. 
They are good. Boom. Boo that team. Do you hear? <laughs> boo that team. That was a soft boo, man. Y'all right. sure? Because they know. <laughs> that team's pretty good. You got Brock Purdy, Debo, Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayu, George Kittle, Defensely, Fred Warner, Greenlaw, Ward, Gibson, Ufunga. I'm looking at these guys and I go, look, it's a blessing and a curse that they're in our division. Because we know we are going to get a chance to play them and right. see what this team is really made of. When you look at the 49ers, what do you see? Well, my rookie year here with the Seahawks, we went and played the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't think we crossed the 50-yard line but one time. <laughs> and it seemed like they had about 50 dudes on defense. I swear, if you block two of them, three of them came free. <laughs> and that's what their defense feel, looks like to me. It just seems like their defense overwhelms other offenses. I mean, they're just, I mean, Fred Warner's coming from everywhere. You got Bosa doing, you know, his thing. And it's just like, they have players all over the place. And then on offense, man, uh, you can call Purdy a game manager or, you know, he's lucky that he has the offensive coordinator and head coach he has or the weapons around him. But this dude is doing what he's, what they pay him to do. And he's doing it at a very high level. So it's a, it's a little bit scary because his confidence is sky high. Right. And so then he's going to take some chances and make some throws and do some things. McCaffrey is just unreal. McCaffrey might be like one of the top MVP candidates right now. So yeah. they have some really good football players. Yeah, all around. I, I, on that team, as a quarterback, you don't have to be the best quarterback in the league. You just got to run the system. Yeah. And I think that's what Brock Purdy is doing. All right, let's, let's shift over to the AFC, man. I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills, and I'm trying to figure them out because I think you lose that first game against the Jets. Mm -hmm. You put some games together. You lose another one, and I'm not sure what to make of the Buffalo Bills. I know they have Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Stephon Diggs, one of the best receivers in the league. But defensively, they're not the team that we're used to seeing. When you see the Bills, what type of feel do you get? I don't feel like I can trust them. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. The, honestly, the I'm only dude, I, the only dude I feel like I can trust on that entire team is Stefan Diggs. Yep. Because he's gonna, he's a great route runner. He, you know, if he he doesn't drop a whole lot of footballs, he makes big big plays. I've known this dude since he was in high school, and he's been the same dude the entire time. How's that? How you know him since high school? He's from Maryland, and they were recruiting him at Virginia when I was working there, and so I was able to talk to him and his family, trying to convince him to come to UVA. But was his little brother with him too? Not at the time. Just no? him and his pops. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but no, he's a, he's a f fantastic player. I just don't have a whole lot of faith, faith in Allen to consistently yeah. play well yeah. and consistently protect the ball. Yeah. Uh, I, still, I still like, is, you know, they did kind of get tempered down a little bit, but I still, like, I still feel like I have more faith in the Dolphins than the, than the Buffalo Bills. Really? Yeah. Uh, what do you like about the Dolphins? I just like, the, I like what they try to do on offense. I, speed kills. You know, speed freaking covers up a lot of bad things. It's a Band-Aid for a lot of things, you know. And so they have some good speed on both sides of the ball. And I don't know, I like, I like Mike McDaniels. He's an he's a interesting dude. They try to come up with, you know, he tried to make it sound like he's trying to come up with new offense. I don't know how new it is other than he just has some freaking 4x100 USA track team. Right. Uh, but, uh, but I just like his approach to it. It's cool and calm. He doesn't like, you know, every week you don't get some big, huge statement out of him. And, and I think they're one of those teams that people – can easily go like, oh, they're a big splash to start out with and just kind of write them off, but they're still right there. All right, we're going back to the NFC. Who here thinks the Cowboys are legit? 
Oh. One hand. We got one hand like out of a thousand people I'm looking at right now. Right? One hand out of a thousand thinks the she Cowboys no are <laughs> legit. I look at the Cowboys in every year, right? When you spend money and you put players on paper, you're going to say, you know what? They got a chance to win. You know what, Ray Roberts? I've been around this earth a few times. I've been around the sun, excuse me, <laughs> a few times, right? And not since the early 90s have the Cowboys been legit. And unfortunately, I look at Dak Prescott and I go, man, I, don't, I just don't know. I root for him. But I, go, I, just, right. I just don't know if he's capable of doing it. Uh, the Cowboys took an L to the 49ers last week. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys? Uh, I, I think the Cowboys are, I don't want to call them, they're almost, they're an almost team. Like every, every position is almost good enough. Uh-huh. The quarterback's almost good enough to make you just kind of hang in there with him a uh-huh. little bit. Make you believe. It, make you believe. The uh-huh. offensive line is the same way, even though they have some, some all-pro type players, but they're hurt a lot in and out of the game. Uh, on defense, Parsons, to me, is a legit player. Sometimes he just talks a little too much, and you bring too much heat to yourself. Uh, Diggs on the, in the secondary, you know, he, does, he gets the ball. He turns it over a lot. Uh, he's not playing right now because of injuries. But, you know, he can be beaten, too. And so right. sometimes... Um, like you like to play against dogs or, or players that bark the loudest sometimes uh-huh. because usually that's an insecurity. They're trying to cover something up because if you're that good, you don't have to tell a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It just happens. Now, some people are a little bit different. Richard Sherman was a talker, but, you know, you could see his game until he was balling out. But the Cowboys, yeah. they kind of pretend good. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they can be good. I don't know if they show up in the big moments. I don't know if the coaching shows up in the big moment. So I, I, I can't. Grew up a Cowboy fan, though. Was, grew up a Cowboy fan, uh-huh. wanted to play for the Cowboys. Almost got drafted by the Cowboys. They won, I don't know, two or three Super Bowls in my first four or five years in the league. I was here in Seattle, 2014. <laughs> no, but, um, uh, but, no, so, but I've always had a little bit of heart for the Cowboys. But, uh, but they, they just seem like they, uh, they talk the talk but don't necessarily walk the walk when it counts. Yeah, when it matters. I feel that. And some controversy went down with that Cowboys-Niners game. So when we talk best tight ends in the game, I think you got to go Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You got to go Mark Andrews. You got to go Waller. And then you got to go Kittle. Right. Kittle had himself a day. Three catches, three touchdowns, 67 yards, and he raised his jersey up, and it said, freaking <laughs> the Cowboys, something like that. Yeah. You guys get my drift, right? I've seen guys fine for socks in the NFL, right? Do you think the NFL should fine George Kittle for uh, freaking – yeah, I, I think they should just because that's what they do. He'll, he'll, he'll get some hefty fine. However, I love it. I, I love, like, sometimes the NFL. Ray, there's kids here, Ray. <laughs> you got kids here. You still love it? All I'm saying is, like, sometimes the NFL just kind of, like, dampers down the fun so much, and they damper down the, the, the physicality and just the, the natural trash talking and stuff that comes with the sport. And, uh, and I liked it. George Kittle was like, whatever they find me, it's worth it. Like, it was, it was awesome. And then you got Parsons joined with, you know, he has a little podcast, and he's, he's going back and forth with Debo Samuels. I love that kind of stuff. It's part of, I mean, when I grew up playing on the playground, it was like that. You right. played other neighborhoods, you're talking trash to them, you're doing whatever, and then all of a sudden you get to the league, and they try to make it so 
so professional that it takes some of that out of it. And so I like all of that stuff that's happening right now because at some point you're going to have to line up across from the dudes and you're going to have to you know, put your money where your mouth is, you know, and that's where, yep. that's where it matters. I like that, you know, because, uh, well, my kids, you know, I drop a couple things every now and then <laughs> just to let them know that this is what reality is, though. Um, but, no, I, I'm with you. I think that I, I appreciate George Kittle bringing people back to reality. Yeah. Because if you were mic'd up back when you were playing, <laughs> could you imagine the things that we would hear when yeah. you were playing? Well, I know one time I was uh, breaking the team down uh, in Detroit, and, you know, they have the big boom mics over. Right. And my mom heard what I said. <laughs> and, uh, and so after the game, oh, no. after the game, I had all these calls from my mom. Like, she's calling me as the game's going on. Like, I'm, like I'm going to go to the sideline <laughs> and pick the phone up. And, uh, and she was just like, hey, boy, like, I, I taught you better than that. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I heard what you said on TV, and I, I still have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about, Mom? She's like, before the game, you was talking to the team, and you said this, and you said that. And I'm like, Mom, like, like I'm a different dude when that happens. Right. I'm not junior at that point. I'm Ray. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Ray is a different dude when he snaps his chin straps on. I'm like, so next time, just don't listen to the pregame part. Yeah. Just wait till, the, wait till the game starts. But, yeah, it's, a, it's some very choice words even during like at one point i think a few years ago they were talking about miking up putting more mics on the field so you can hear what guys were saying uh -huh. yeah you better pay for that no nah, you, you better yeah. pay for no, that you, you don't want that <laughs> you don't want that at all you thought there would be no kids watching football he wasn't ray he was big ray in that moment you don't mess with big ray yeah all right when we return the moment you guys have all been waiting for Devin Witherspoon will be here in person. We'll talk to the rookie sensation that is next right here on Hawks Live.